What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Recorded live. Hallelujah and thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. I am so very happy. We are back in the saddle again on a Bible study night. Wednesday, uh, June the what? The 20... The t- no, the 27th. June. Oh, and look at that. The 20th. The 20th. Amen. I said the 27th. It's the 20th. June the 20th. Thank God for another day, another day to study the Bible. Um, Again, we're starting tonight, really picking up where we left off on last week, Becoming a Prayer Warrior by Elizabeth Elms. Elms, um, I pray that, uh, again, you're reading that book. If you've gotten it, uh, great. Um, We're not going through this entire book, at least that's not my aim, um, in Chapter 1, where it says, why pray? And sometimes I, you may not ask yourself this this question. However, it is something that comes up periodically, um, and I believe it comes up in our minds and in a point where we don't really address the question in that way, why don't we pray? Why why do we have to pray? Um, but it comes up in the in the instance that we don't pray, so that means that question somehow is being answered without the question being asked. I hope you follow me. The question is being answered without the question, you know, in the audible voice being asked, someone asking you why pray or why you're asking yourself why pray. However, by us not praying or by us praying, we're answering the question. By us not praying, we're saying It's not needed. It's not important. It's not a priority. By us praying, we're saying the opposite. Yes, this is needed. It's important. It is a priority in my life. I've got to call on God. I'm going to open up tonight before I pray with a story. Young lady, today I had um, four more trips to get while um, doing a ride share. And... I had these four last trips to get. The Lord blessed, as he always does. He he orchestrated the first lady that I picked up. Um, she had an awesome testimony of, um, of being uh, going through surgery and getting cancer removed from her body, literally having to have both breasts removed. And she is praising God and giving God the glory in all kinds of ways um, uh, that folks with both breasts and no trouble are given the opposite, um, she praising God and blessing his name for different uh, uh, opportunities and, and different uh, areas of favor that she has in her life. Then I had another uh, family that got in the van, and they were a blessing to me. They literally came from Columbia, Columbia, and I'm up here looking at my, um, my world map. 
seeing where is Colombia, but that's where they are from, Colombia. Okay, and I see it south, south uh, in uh, South Brazil or South America, and then I see Colombia. They're from Colombia. They spent time in in Florida about a week. They spent uh, a week in Washington D.C. And I was taking them to the train station to spend two weeks in New York. So uh, no one in the family, to my understanding, spoke good English except for the husband. And the wife was trying to ask a question in what appeared to be, um, you know, broken English. But I got the point, the bags. Will there be an issue with the bags is what she's trying to ask. And I said, well, on the airlines, they ask for 50 pounds. You know, 50 pounds is the max on the bag, and then there's an issue. And I said one bag to me, but when I was putting it in the back of the van, felt a little heavy. She says, okay, okay, I, I'm going to pray. I'm, I'm going to pray. I'm, I'm going to pray. And she just kept saying it. And it seemed like she was trying to get clearance to pray. So no one else was saying anything. Grandma and the grandbaby um, which was their child, was in the back seat, the far back seat. In the bucket seat was her and her husband and me in the front. Well, I was giving her clearance. If you want to pray, lady, hey, go right ahead, pray. Um, but she prayed. She started praying, and she prayed in her language. So she's, Now, I'm thinking that this prayer is going to end in about 30 seconds. Okay, possibly 45 Okay, maybe, and nowhere near really, uh, a minute prayer, 60 seconds. She was going to pray, and the prayer would be ended. I'm believing this lady prayed for about two minutes or maybe a little bit more. And she prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed because we came up with an issue that there was the possible uh, 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 conflict with the bags being too heavy, and she said, I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray right here in front of grandma, in front of my husband, in front of my baby, in front of this Uber driver. Listen, that meant nothing to her because when it comes to you having issues in her life, I don't care what it is, she knew that the answer was in prayer. The answer, if it's going to be resolved. And then after her prayer, she tried to uh, explain to me a little bit about her prayer. And because, again, she prayed in her language, and I didn't know what she prayed about. So she prayed thanking God and thanking God for blessings and asking God to bless them in this area. And then she talked about the beauty of the things that God had allowed her and her family to see. And after that, somehow the conversation kind of got distracted, and we went off on to some other things, I believe, on the beauty of the city of Washington, D.C. Once she mentioned that, we spent the last few minutes talking about that. Um, the beauty of the different things that you can see in Washington, D.C. So I open up with that to say, listen, if you've got a concern, if you've got an issue, again, we're seeing over and over again, you've got to have an awesome relationship with God through prayer. So let's get into this. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, we bless your name. We honor you. Right now, have your way in the midst of our Bible study. Teach it, God, we pray in Jesus' name. Let your will be done. Amen, amen, and amen. So we're picking up on page 27, the priority of prayer. The priority of prayer, we finished up with the uh, purpose of prayer, 
And uh, on last week, we did talk a little about uh, Ephesians chapter 6, verse number 18, with, with all prayer and petitions, pray at all times. And, and again, um, when it says in the spirit, again, e- even deep down in your core, where your very spirit is praying, where you learn to be in tune with your inner voice, your spirit man, and that you learn to call on God at all times. Now, many times I mumble in, in what I call my prayer language. I may mumble, but it is very, very, it is so quiet that when I'm driving with someone riding, or I'm driving, they're riding, and, and they can't even hear it. And you can go even further than that to pray in your spirit where you're not saying anything, but you're in tune that your spirit is crying out for a particular situation. And I like it the way the Bible says it. I'm always calling. Let me see if I can pull that up in in, uh, Google real quick. Never cease to mention your name. Ephesians, what is it, Ephesians 1, 16, let me see if this is it. And I have not stopped giving thanks for you and remembering you in my prayers. And in the King James, let's see if the King James breaks it down. And cease not to give thanks for you and mentioning you. Just And, and this is, and my point is that God knows what that individual needs. So when I say uh, Kevin Matthews, God knows better than me what he needs, so I'm just mentioning God have mercy on him. God grant him favor. God bless him. When I say God bless him, see, many times we believe that prayer has to be a whole lot of words. Sometimes you get to the point where you know God knows better than you. God knows your heart. God knows what that person needs, and you say, Lord, bless him. Okay? So, And then you pray that prayer by mentioning their name, and then in Matthew 26, 41, it says, keeping watch and praying that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And we deal with that constantly, spirit and flesh, spirit and flesh, hindering you when you recognize your flesh is hindering you from doing spiritual things because I'm constantly yielding to my flesh. Last but not least, 1 Thessalonians 5.17. I'm going to go over all three of them again so you can write them down. 1 Thessalonians 5.17 talks about pray without ceasing. Pray without ceasing. 1 Thessalonians 5.17. The second one was Matthew 26.41. And the first one was Ephesians 6.18. Ephesians 6.18, Matthew 26.41. Now let's get into the priority of prayer at the bottom of the bottom of the page 27. Prayer was was the priority in Jesus' life. So when it comes to us uh, uh, wondering and contemplating, uh, well, should prayer be a priority? Listen, it was a a priority in Jesus' life. He considered it more important than physical rest. He considered it more important than physical rest. He was, listen to this, was commonly, thank you, Holy Ghost, 
commonly pictured praying all night. Luke, let me highlight that in orange. I do my, my scriptures in orange. In Luke 6.12, he's, listen, praying all night. Have you ever, have you ever said this situation is so bad? Tonight, and, and whatever time you, you put on it, I'm spending a half an hour in prayer. And let me tell you something. Many times your prayer, many times that prayer time can be filled with a whole lot of God, you are just so awesome. Lord, you know what I face. And I'm praying for direction. And I'm praying for deliverance. It's stressing me out. I'm feeling stressed. My physical body is feeling stressed. My physical body is feeling fatigued. I'm feeling like I'm getting worn out because of this situation. I am stressing out. I am being overwhelmed. And you learn to call on God through acknowledging God already knows. When I'm saying this, I'm honestly, listen, I'm saying this for me. I'm saying I'm getting stressed out for me. I'm not saying this for God. God already knows I'm stressed out. And when you get to a maturity level in prayer at that level where you stop trying to explain stuff to God, where you stop trying to give God, watch this, where you stop trying to give God the antidote to your situation. If you knew the antidote, guess what? You just work it out yourself. You say, well, no, Pastor, I'm saying that there's a supernatural intervention that needs to happen and and I know what that intervention is, so I'm asking God for relief. And God is saying, listen, I allowed you to get into this situation so you could depend on me through it. No, it ain't going to get delivered. And many times if you have the testimony and you're honest with yourself, you prayed for something, and guess what? It never came to pass. That That relief that you prayed for that night never came to pass, and it didn't come the next day, the next week, the next month, or the next year. You constantly ran into situations. When I tell you about the situation in my basement with that water, let me tell you something. It continued and continued and continued. I'm calling on God, and it continued. Why? Because God did something in me through that water. Through me spending that time in prayer and praise in the midst, and in spite of praise. Okay? Watch this. So in Matthew, uh, when it comes to <clears throat> excuse me. So we had two things. He did it denying the physical rest, and then uh it says Talking with the Father took priority over his social activities. Good God Almighty. In this day and age, we better understand social media. And and the enemy used this for the last era. You didn't have the magnitude of the impact, the negative impact of social media like you do in this last era. When the folks start having more understanding of, of, of what's going on in the world, when you have the most knowledge in the world, when you have the most access, thank you, Jesus, the most access to information, here it is, you have a social media, uh, uh, um, what do you call it, a tsunami of social media, tsunami of social media. I'm talking it's bombarded. You got some folks, everything they do, they post. And, and again, to spend that much time on social media, you, I, I'm wondering how much time. How much do you allocate? Thank you, Holy Ghost. How much do you allocate to spend with God? Okay? Now watch this. We're going to keep it moving. Um, so when it came to social activities, Matthew fourteen twenty three, because the scripture often refers Jesus going off alone 
Thank you, Jesus. It says, going off alone to be with the Father. That's Matthew 14, 23. Mark 135. Mark 135. And then Luke 5:16. Luke 5:16 and 6:12. That's Luke 6:12. Matthew 14, 23. So you see over and over and over again, look at the scripture and you see. Um, he said three things. One, physical rest. Two, social activities. Three, physical. His physical appetite, he also gave up. So you're talking rest, social activities, and then the physical Appetite. I, I know I feel I want to eat. I really want to eat right now. But guess what? I can't eat right now. I got to give that up because I know it. Bl- Listen, it blinds me spiritually when I eat physically. You got to be able to identify in your own spirit if you're able to do what you normally do when you physically feed yourself. So it says he fasted for long periods of time, withdrawing physically uh, from the physical food to release spiritual power. Now, again, I didn't have it written there, but all of a sudden it hits me. The, uh, we got a couple of DYBIs tonight. We got a few of them. And uh, this one I didn't have. DYBI goes right there. Do you believe it? He fasted, withdrawing from the physical food, releasing spiritual power. Now, highlight that in pink. Highlight it in your Bible. Sometimes when you're reading stuff like this, you just got to take it slow and ask the Lord to say, Lord, does that really happen? Does that really happen? Now, on this, um, it says here, uh, Luke 4.2, and this is for most folks. Most folks are just highlighting it in the book at the top of page 28. But for folks who don't have the book, and if you're just joining us, that book is uh, Becoming a Prayer Warrior. Elizabeth L's on page 28, Luke 4.2, Matthew 6.18, Matthew 6.25, so you can write 18, 25, 31. Matthew 6.18, 25, 31, and then Hebrews 7.25. Now, when it comes to, again, you're looking in this area, is it a priority? you got to ask yourself, do your own survey, take your own little pulse on how you're doing, is it a priority? And when it comes to Christ, we've got to follow this example. He wants us to be obedient. He wants us to be united with him in, in prayer. If you look at right before the next area, which is going to be the ministry of prayer, there's a paragraph above that. It says prayer is the way that we, his branches, draw the nutrients we need from God. He's the vine to produce the fruit of the Spirit in our lives. We do this because, as believers, prayer is to be our primary ministry. Now, that's rolling us off, getting us ready to go into the ministry of prayer. You've got to understand that that is your, in your job description, that there's ministry and prayer. What does prayer do 
for you, what does prayer do for God? There's a ministry in prayer. So area number two tonight is the ministry of prayer. Ministry to God must come before ministry to people. It's got to be the vertical before the horizontal. Horizontal, horizontal is like the desk that's in front of you. It's like the floor that's in front of you. It's like the stovetop that's in front of you. Whatever it is, the countertop that's in front of you. Vertical is going from the floor to the ceiling. And this vertical has to come before the horizontal. You're going to find out that, again, many times the impact that you're having the horizontal with the people is not as strong. Why? Because you're not experiencing the vertical. So you're doing everything for the show in front of the people to seem spiritual and not spending the time with God. I often use the example of uh, rubbing a, a paper clip on a magnet, a real magnet, a strong magnet. And if you take a paper clip and just gently rub it on that magnet, when you take the paper clip off and put it near other paper clips, it is now magnetized and pulling. Whether it is little small pieces, thank you, Holy Ghost, of the magnet that now has been attached to the magnet, and now those little pieces of the magnet is be, are, are being used to draw the other magnet, or if the actual magnetic force has been transferred from the magnet to the paperclip, and now the paperclip is magnetized. This is the same example that we use when it comes to you spending time with God and what we call the anointing. When you spend, it's the presence of God. What is an anointing? The anointing is not just you being able to shout. It is not you just being able to speak real fast and, and, to, and to pump people up. It is not emotionalism. It is not entertain. When you're just entertaining folks, get, let me tell you something. That's not the anointing. When you get an emotionalized, that's not the anointing. We say, oh, my God, my God. Well, guess what? You're excited. Ain't nothing wrong with being excited, but that's not the anointing. And people, I believe that the church is not having the impact that it should have. Why? Because people are more concerned about emotionalism and entertainment than they are about God being present in their life and them spending time in prayer, making prayer a priority, and making their ministry of prayer, their vertical, better than their horizontal. Listen to this. It says that God, in First Peter talks about us being a chosen race, royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession, so that you may proclaim the excellency of him. See, it's really all about him. The first lady that got in the car just kept giving God the glory, kept giving God the glory. Now, people have a way that when they get in the car, they're checking out the car. And if they look in the car, in my dashboard console, right there smack dead in the, in the center, Co-pastor gave me a small Bible that fits perfectly right there in, in the console. So if they're sitting back there, they can clearly see that console, and bam, as you look down, there it is. It says right there, Holy Bible. So they feel very comfortable. Some people see it. Some people may not. They may just sense it, that it's okay to give God the glory. Another reason, because a lot of times I'm playing contemporary gospel music. So I'm playing songs, and they realize 
is something. Let me check out. Well, if you look up there in the console, there's the Bible. Well, when she got in, she started giving God the glory, and that's a part of when it comes to us ministering. Watch this. It says, the role of the priest, because it says you're a royal priesthood, the role of the priest is to minister first to God, then to people. You got to get the priority. You need to write it down, and you need to understand. Most of the time, we are so concerned about people that you don't realize the people's, oh, my God, thank you, Father, that the people's circumstance that God is allowing you to encounter is not about them when it concerns you. It's about you. When you find out about it, it's about its impact in your life to help mold and shape you into who you need to be in God. Let me break that down and throw it, send it back to you again on the DL. Want to slow it down so you, when God allows you to encounter the woman with the cancer, it's not about you to get overwhelmed with the woman with the cancer. It's something about you. One of the things that you may be able to pick up from that is that, again, are you being grateful for what you have? Oh, my God. She had cancer, had to have both breasts removed. And you get overwhelmed with her not knowing God is sending. If you were, again, making it a priority, being more spiritual than you are fleshly, if if you start to find out that, guess what? God is saying, he may be saying to you, are you grateful? For what you have may not be about your breath, may not be about your physical body. It could be something that God is providing for you, and you need to be in prayer to say, God, what are you saying to me? It says a prayer roll first is to God, then to people. The way that we minister to God is, watch this, write them down. If you don't have the book, praising, like I'm saying, when it comes to you going into prayer, a lot of times it says, God, thank you. God, I love you. God, you're awesome. God, you're such a provider. Wow, God. And, and all these things start going through my mind. That how awesome is this world? How great God is as a provider? how awesome he is as a creator God and a protector. You're just praising God for who he is. You go into be, worship, praise and worship. And I love the way they laid it out in the book, that praise and worship come first. Not that you got to have a priority because God may lay something else on your heart to come out with first. But I like it this way. Again, praise, A, praise, B, worship, C, Communing, watch this, communing with him in prayer. Communing with him in prayer. I see. So that's why, again, you can pray without ceasing because the awesomeness of God. Let me tell you something. I tell folks all the time, God, he treats me like I am his favorite. Stuff that I asked for, I met with another pastor friend of mine. And I needed to to talk to him, share some information. He's always got good ideas for me. And and, and I said, wow, I need about two hours today. And lo and behold, when we finished with the lunch, it was three hours. And I'm saying, look how God spoiled. I say, too, he does exceeding abundantly above what I ask or think. And watch this. I'm one that acknowledges it. When I see the different things, I'm saying, wow, I'm going out on the road. Four trips could take four hours, or it could take an hour and a half. It could take 45 minutes. 
It depends on how, and I acknowledge in my spirit, God, it really is all about you. The enemy has no influence in my life. My flesh does not rule. Even Watch this. Even if I'm having trouble with my flesh, I'm going to speak to my flesh and say my flesh has no rule. My flesh has no rule. Well, you know you just was influenced. You were snacking right there before Bible study. You were snacking, and you know that was nothing but your flesh. You didn't have to snack. That was your flesh. And my flesh has no rule. I'm going to speak to my flesh what I desire to have at all times. Now, if you want to, you know, I got a problem. I got a problem. If you want to own problems, then you own your problems. I speak to my flesh and I speak to my life what I want to happen in God according to his word at all times. And that's why I try to stop folks when they start talking about, I got a headache and I got No, speak it even in the midst of the headache. I'm all right. I'm good. I'm all right. I'm good. Now, again, if you got a confidant and you're trying to get them to pray for you, say, look, pray for my head because I got a little ache, a little pain right here. Okay, fine, because you're saying I'm at the point where it's bothering me to the point. The pain is, is so severe, I really need relief, and I'm asking you to help me petition the Lord to relieve this pain right now. And I don't think, honestly, it ain't no sense of me asking if I don't want it right now. Lord, please, in one hour from now, if you could relieve her headache. Lord, please, tomorrow, if she gets up and the pain is still there, could you relieve it then? Uh Uh-uh. When I ask, when it comes to me, Father, in the name of Jesus, mesmerize the doctors and, 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 and give deliverance right now from the pain that, again, it might be gone and that they might walk in the the um, understanding of who you are. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. I need to keep it moving. Watch this. Then it says, communing with God in prayer, then meditation. And this is the area that we often leave out. And I mention it constantly in Bible study in Mount Enon, that we've got to get to the place where you put this certain thing in your mind when it comes to your health. I am healed, I'm whole, and I'm strong. I'm healed, I'm whole. What's wrong with it? You get in the bed at night, and you get your healing scripture. By his stripes, I'm healed. By his stripes, I'm healed. And listen, this is what I always, if God doesn't do it miraculously, he gives me, I'm in Costco, and I'm like, you know what, all men over 40 end up having an enlarged prostate, and they have issues with their prostate, and I'm just walking through Costco. He says, go check out the vitamins. I check out the vitamins, and here it is. They have a prostate vitamin right there in Costco that starts to alleviate. I ain't going to no doctor or nothing. I went to Dr. Jesus, and here it is, the small pill, natural. I'm taking the pill, and guess what? It starts to give me relief in the areas that I was troubled. I'm, I'm just talking for me. you got to have this relationship where you depend on God. Go to the top of page 29. Watch this. From the bottom to the top. We say, the way that we minister to the people, watch this, and, and, and do you believe it? As I make this statement, do you believe it? The way we minister to the people is by allowing the overflow of what we have received in our time alone with him, him being God, to pour out into the lives of others. 
When, when you're in, in the presence of God and you're just saturated in his presence, and God, I just love you. God, you're just so awesome. God, I thank you for being in my life. I thank you for the way you're orchestrating my Have you ever closed out the crescendo of your day? When you reach the apex of, this is the time where, guess what? The climax of my day is when I'm getting ready to go to bed and I go down into the study for prayer, or you go into your sitting room for prayer, and you sit down, and you spend a little time just saying, God, this has been an awesome day. Lord, from the time I woke up, matter of fact, God, I bless your name for you allowing me to oversleep today. I overslept, and it was so good. It was comfortable. I hadn't slept like that in a while. I felt, wow, it was, thank you, God, you've been good to me. You've been good to me. You spend time just thanking God and going back, recanting, recalling, reminiscing, remembering how God has blessed your day. Then, watch this, thank you, God, praise you, God, I love you, God. When you go to minister to somebody, they call you. You were getting ready to get in the bed. It's 10 o'clock at night, 11 o'clock at night. Somebody calls you with a crisis, and they say the next morning, when I talked to you last night, wow, I don't know what it was. It's not like you said anything that was really profound, but it was just very powerful. They're not knowing that you was just coming out of prayer and spending time worshiping God, watch this, and sensitizing your spiritual man. If you don't believe it, look, look up some of these scriptures. I'm not going to go over all of them, but we're going to take a glance at a couple of them. I'm just going to read them right off the top. This one is Proverbs, uh, Proverbs 15, 15, 8. Proverbs 15, 8. Amplified version says, the sacrifices of the wicked is abomination. Folks that don't believe in God, folks that's walking against God, and they're making sacrifices and prayers and trying to talk to God, it's an abomination. Hateful and exceeding offensive to the Lord. Hateful and exceedingly offensive to the Lord. But the prayers of the upright is his delight. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Keep it moving. Watch this. Go right back to the top. I'm in knowing Jesus, the knowing Jesus. First Peter. Okay, look at 2, verse 5. 2, verse 5. Here we go. Amplified. It says, come. And, like living stones, be yourself built into a spiritual house for a holy, dedicated, consecrated priesthood to offer up those spiritual sacrifices that are acceptable and pleasing to God through Jesus Christ. So, again, what you're supposed to be doing is like when, when folks get in the car and I tell them, listen, if you got an Android or iPhone, i got a charger. 
Most people do not take advantage of it. But some people, guess what? Their battery is so low, they got to take advantage of it. And some of them are just being wise, knowing that they're going to be utilizing their phone. Help me, Holy Ghost. They're going to be utilizing their phones. So guess what? While I'm in this car for the next 8 minutes, 15 minutes, 22 minutes, I'm going to be charging my phone up. Why? Because I know I'm going to be depleting it. So it is in the natural, it is in the spiritual, when you can get your charge on, get your charge on. And the Bible says at all times, stay hooked up. How do you know that, Pastor? Because it says pray without ceasing. When he says pray without ceasing, he means stay connected. Don't it, don't let it be a time. You know, now, now, again, if I can share with you a little bit how batteries work, batteries work better if you let them get depleted and then run them all the way back up. Let them get depleted and run them back up. You literally hinder the effectiveness of your battery. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Wow. Thank you, God. You uh, Listen, you damage the battery by not allowing it to be depleted and charged back up. Depleted and charged back up. So if you keep running it 75%, it's 75% charged, you take it back up to 100. It gets down to 80, you take it back up to 100. It gets down to 70 again, you take it back up to 100. You're literally damaging the battery. It functions better, and it's able to hold a better charge when you allow the battery to be depleted and then charge back up. In this case, so it is in the natural, it is in the spiritual, you will see that God allows us to get into situations where it appears our battery is depleted. And then we must recharge it and bring it back up to where it needs to be. Now, I know what you're saying. You said, Pastor, but you're saying pray without ceasing. Praying without ceasing would mean that the battery is always connected. And that's what I'm showing you, that in the spiritual, it will appear because your power, good God Almighty, your power is in God. God says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I'm always there. What it is, is that, good God Almighty, your indicator of your strength is off. So it appears that your battery is depleted. In actuality, your battery never gets depleted. Why? Because God is always there. The key is your sensitivity to him being there is off. So then your physical starts impacting your spiritual. That in your physical body, your physical mind, you're, 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 you're using your uh, experiences to, to, to impact that in this kind of condition, guess what? I'm stressed out. And in actuality, your strength is right there. Your, your, your ability to connect, like, like when they get into the car, it, it, it's right there. And, and if I don't tell them, they don't know. What well, you've been told, your strength is always there. You are never depleted. He will never leave you alone. He will never forsake you. Nothing can pluck you out of his hand. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Let's keep it moving. All right, I'm going to give you these uh, next scripture. Thank you, God. No, let's go over one more. Um, to flip to Ephesians. HP. Right? E, no, E-P-H, Tracy. Okay. 
1, and we're going to look at 4, Amplified. Watch this. No, I'm going to read this one in the understandable version. Even before the creation of the world, thank you, God, God chose us who are in fellowship with Christ to be dedicated to him and to be without just blame in his sight, out of his love. Go flip it over to verse number five, understandable version. God predetermined that we should be considered his adopted children through fellowship with Christ. This is what pleased God and is what he wanted. That's the will of God. This is what God wanted. However, you know, the beauty of this thing that God created is that, guess what? He says, yes, you got the angels, and the angels was created by him, and they are, you know, they beckon to his call. Whatever he asked them to do, that's what they do. Now, when it comes to us, we literally get to choose God. He chose us, and then we get to say, with this freedom that you've given us, we choose you. We realize what the enemy is doing. We realize the impact that him and his, and his demons are having on the world, but we choose you. Write these down. You can go over them. 2 Corinthians 521, 2 Corinthians 521, and Hebrews 416, because we're going to move on into the relationship of prayer, the relationship with prayer. Don't, don't forget to answer that question when it comes to the, the way you minister is really impact by your ability. Do you really feel that it has the impact? Thank you, God. That when you spend more time with God, it helps your ability when you impact or you spend, you have to minister to people. Do you really believe, do you believe it, that, 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 that strength comes from you spending more time with God? I dare you to try it. Spend some time with God. And then go to minister to some folks, and you'll see that it impacts them. Sometimes I'm believing that's what happens when they get in the car, because I've been praying in the car already. I'm praying when I start out, God grant me favor. Then I go to praying when I'm driving to pick them up. When you get in the car, guess what? you impacted by that spirit. Whether you want to talk or not, sometimes folks get to sharing personal stuff, and guess what? Because they're being impacted by the Spirit of God. It has nothing to do with me. It has everything to do with God. The relationship in prayer, the third area we're looking at tonight, the relationship with the prayer. Now, in the relationship with prayer, it's just like a relationship husband and wife, and that's what's bore out in the first paragraph about uh, the um, Floyd and Elizabeth. So, when it comes to you spending time with your wife, it's like us spending time with God. That's how we get to know him. In that paragraph, you drop down, and it talks about Floyd being the strength behind the scenes, working to make sure that what I do, that being Elizabeth, when I am publicly ministering, runs smoothly. And that's what God does with us. He works behind the scenes when we've got a relationship with him to make sure we don't embarrass ourselves when we get on a Bible study call. 
Thank you, God. Even though I have not done everything I need to do, preparation could have been better. My time of prayer concerning Bible study could have been better, but the time that I spent with him, again, he always comes through, making sure that things run smoothly and effectively. This happens as we spend time communicating about our heartfelt and physical needs. God, I need you. God is still bothering me. God, I realize you're leaving it. What is it do? Is it teaching me? Is it helping me? I, I, I don't feel like it's helping me. Please explain it. And then that's when you read in the Daily Bread or some other devotional or somebody jumps in your car. <clears throat> you encounter somebody at the bus stop. We've got to, listen, we've got to have between us and God the same goal. That's what she said her and her husband have. they got to have the same goal, the same purpose, the same Mutual love and respect for each other. That's what you got to get on God's page. Things that God hates, you got to hate. Mm-mm, I don't want anything involved with that. I don't want my children involved with that. Father, you know, if my child is involved in something that, again, I know displeases you, then God, it displeases me. And, Father, I want him out of it in the name of Jesus. If it be thy holy and righteous will. If it's destined that they got to stay in it, then God comfort me while I have to watch them deal with it. But in the meantime, in between time, Father, I'm doing warfare in the spirit that they might come out of it. But I trust you more than I trust me. And if you're teaching me something by allowing them to be in it, I've watched it too many times in the Bible where the man of God or the woman of God was walking with God, and here it is, their children did not. So it's not like, ooh, this is the first time ever in life, 2020, and God is now allowing men and women of God for their children to walk contrary to the things of God. It's not the first time it's happened. That so-and-so came to be the king or so-and-so came to power or so-and-so came of age and he did not walk with the Lord as his father did. So you got to understand that sometimes in the divine purpose and will of God that your child or your husband or your mate, your friend, your coworker, your boss, come on now, this person that you're dealing with, your neighbor, is not going to do what you're praying so hard to do. Why? Because you've got to start to get comfortable with God It's in your hands, and I'm trusting you that from the foundation of the world you had a plan. And that that plan is being fulfilled. And in no way do I want to circumvent or try to alter that plan. You know better than me. Watch what it says here. Go down, second paragraph, under the relationship of prayer. It says there, John 3.29, your your material relationship I'm sorry, marital, your marital relationship with him will depend, deepen, it will deepen as you what? Spend time alone with him. This is your marital relationship with God. Sharing your sharing heart to heart. John 3:29. See John 3:29. It comes he is the bride. We are the we are the bride, the church is the bride, he's the bridegroom. This marital relationship will strengthen, but you've got to spend time. Lord, I love you. Lord, I thank you. Lord, reveal me to me. 
Lord, where I fall short, please bring it to my remembrance. Lord, I curse every evil spirit that's been assigned to me. Lord, I relinquish every thought that's not in line, good God Almighty, every thought that's not in line with your word, not in line with your spirit, not in line with your design for me from the foundation of the world, I relinquish it right now to you. I denounce it, good God Almighty. God, I hate it. I don't want to be involved in it. If it's evil, God, uproot it, whatever it takes. I desire to be everything that you have called me to be, not tomorrow, not next week, right now in the name of Jesus. Do it, God, that you might get the glory in my marriage, in my, in my family, excuse me, among my coworkers, among those who I encounter on the street, that your spirit of God might rest upon me. It's, a, it's, a, it's a something that's strengthened in your relationship. Now, watch this. If you look at Romans, here we go, heart to heart. When it comes to us being heart to heart, when it comes to you allowing your heart to speak for you, if you look at uh, Romans 8.26, watch this. If I can get to the top of this website. Okay. Romans 8.26. Watch what it says. Amplified. So, too, the Holy Spirit comes to our aid and bears us up in our weaknesses. This is when that battery appears to be low and the Holy Spirit kicks right in. The strength of the battery is always present with you. You've got to learn how to plug in and stay plugged in. And unlike the battery in the natural that, that gets damaged, the more you learn to, play, to, to stay plugged in is when you feel that the battery is low, even though it is not, and it is there, it is spiritual, thank you, God. It's always there, but in your mind you start to believe, oh, my God, I'm about to lose my mind. Oh, my God, oh, I cannot deal with this. I want to, uh, I don't want to say it, but I want to leave here. It happens. Because you don't realize the battery is right there. Watch what it says. Uh, in our weaknesses. For we do not know what we ought to pray. How to get connected. For, watch this, this is a note. Some translators understand this as how to pray. That's how it's, 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 it's translated. But the Holy Spirit goes to God on our behalf with groanings, this is what I'm saying, you're praying in the spirit, you get connected in your spiritual man, in our hearts. When it talks about heart to heart on page uh, 29, heart to heart, it's reading your heart at that moment. It says, in our hearts that are not expressed in words. Boom. Guess what? Whether you want to get connected or not. When you connect it to God in a, in, a, in a special way, your heart will literally pray for you. Your, God will read what's in your heart. When he knows deep down inside there's corruption, there's evil, there's blackness, there's darkness, and, and, and you just don't want to release it, you keep following what your flesh says, you keep doing That's when I talk about spiritual lifting weights. In the moment that you had the opportunity to be sweet and be loving and be kind, you was mean. You chose that. 
God is looking for you to choose him. Thank you, Holy Ghost. He said, keep it moving. Look at Psalms. Oh, my goodness. And I wrote Psalms, and I did not write it down. Okay. Well, I'm going to tell you what it says, that particular Psalm. And he'll give you the desires of your heart. Because I wrote the note, but I didn't write. I wrote Psalms and did not write what psalm it was. He gives us the, oh, thank you, Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost gave it to me in my in my mind. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Go to Proverbs. I'm not Proverbs. We're going to go to Psalms, but I'm going to the Bible gateway. Watch this. God is so good. He just said it. Psalms 37, and I pushed 34. Help me, Lord. Watch this. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own. Trust in the Lord. And do good, so shalt thou dwell in the land, and verily thou shalt be fed. Delight thyself in the Lord, and he shall give thee what? The desires of your heart. He knows I'm in the midst of the Bible study. I, I wrote a note, wrote Psalms, desire of the heart, but did not write the scripture. Boom! The scripture comes right back, 37. Right back. Bam! It just comes. Thank you, Lord. Now write it down, too. Thank you, God. 37. Because your heart, again, in this relationship of prayer, when God knows, he knows your heart, and when he realizes that sometimes you're coming to God just to get your way. He realizes it has nothing to do with your submitting to him. It has nothing to do with furthering the kingdom of God. It has everything to do with looking spiritual in the eyes of your horizontal. Thank you, God. You're just trying to be spiritual to the people around you, but no real relationship, and God won't be prostituted. God won't be used. When your heart is in line with him, when you're coming to him has something to do with him. That's why he says do it in Jesus' name. Don't don't do it with another agenda. Do it in Jesus' name. Do it in being mindful, thank you, Holy Ghost, being mindful of the sacrifice that Christ made and knowing that you got to take up your cross daily and follow him. All right? Thank you, Holy Ghost. Keep it moving. Watch this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick up the pace. It says here, intimacy is cultivated, and I'm in the second paragraph down at the bottom of the second paragraph. Intimacy is cultivated as you invest time in your relationship with him, the result will be knowing, watch this, his will and making his will known to the people. The vertical known to the horizontal. Do you believe it? Drop down to the bottom. It says in Exodus thirty-three eleven, the Lord used to speak to, to, to Moses face to face. He used to speak to Moses face to face. Just as a man speaks to his friend, flip over to page 30. It says in Exodus 33, 11 to 23, again, you're going to see that Moses had this awesome relationship with God, and God laid out the plan with him. However, Moses had to go up and talk to God. When Moses went up to talk to God, sometimes it was long periods of time. And he had to stay there in the presence of the Lord. However, that's where you'll find out that that's where your strength comes from. That next paragraph says that God is a spirit, John four twenty four. Therefore, to know and to understand the things of God, your spiritual eye needs to be open. Keenness in the spirit 
in the spirit realm comes as you, watch this, discipline yourself in prayer, praise, fasting, and renewing of your mind through God's word. Prayer, praise, and peruse. If y'all been with me any period of time, you heard that message before. Prayer, praise, and peruse the word of God. Those are the three Ps. Prayer, praise, and peruse the word of God. That's not just flying through it. That's spending time in that word. That's spending time with God. That's being mindful of God, being my, not just mindful of him and the conditions of the world and asking God to send down his angels to do warfare on behalf of those who love him, those who are destined to come in, those who are maturing and need to be strengthened, those who are being sharpened, iron sharpening iron, and iron being sharpened by the Spirit of God. But you'll find out that when you spend time with God, why? Because I need you in order, again, for me to be all that I can be to be used by you. Keenness in the spirit realm comes as a discipline. You've got to understand Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12 through 18 talks about that we are wrestling not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and power. So when it comes to spirit, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12 through 18, you've heard it before that you're wrestling against spirits. And those spirits, let me tell you something, you better understand that they are real. And the influence that they have is the suggestions that they make to you and that you follow them. And when they come to you and they come to you and they sound like you, they sound like that's what I want, that's what I want to do. This is my condition. And when you start to take the spirit, watch this, the spirit of darkness, suggestions on how you are over the spirit of God. When God says you're a royal priesthood, you're a royal priesthood, you are a chosen generation, then you are a chosen generation. I'm Listen, I am, I'm healed by his stripes. Here it is, you saying I'm sick. Who said you're sick? The enemy, oh, good God almighty. The enemy said you were sick. He says, Adam, where are you? He says, I'm over here. Why are you over there? Because I'm naked. Who told you you was naked? You didn't know that you was naked until the enemy told you you was naked. You've been dealing with me all this time and you've been naked. But now you're starting to operate with what the enemy told you and what the enemy revealed to you. Now, good God Almighty, when you spend time with God, guess what? You start picking up his character. Well, when you spend time away from God, you start picking up the character of something else. Watch this. Not only that, but in Galatians chapter 5, verse 17, you're going to see Galatians 5. Look, I want to run there real quick. Help me, Holy Ghost, to finish this up. Okay? Galatians 5.17. Search. All right? Amplify. Watch this. For the desires of the flesh are opposite or opposed to the Holy Spirit, amplified. And the desires of the Spirit are opposed to the flesh. Godliness, godliness, human nature, which is the flesh, godliness, but it's human nature. It says, for these are antagonistic to each other, continually withstanding and in conflict with with each other, so that you are not free, but are prevented from doing what you desire to do. 
It's a conflict going on. And in order for you to back the enemy up, you got to spend time. This relationship is important. This devotional time is important. How does the enemy trick you from getting out of devotional time? When you know the troubles that you're having, you know the physical that you're God impacts my physical, and if he doesn't do it miraculously, he sends me to Costco and shows me the aisle, shows me the pills, and tells me to read the back. Good God Almighty. Don't tell me what he won't do. Come on. Watch this. It says here, do not fear. Second Kings uh, 6. 2 Kings 6, 16 and 17, he's talking and he says, do not fear, for those who are with us are more than those that, that are with them. God opens up his eyes and he can see on the mountain full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elijah. So that's what he did. He asked that God, God, please show them that you're always there. Show them that you're connected to them. Jesus was so spiritually a tomb that he knew if somebody touched him and virtue left his body, let me tell you something, he knew it. So when somebody touched him, it's his spirit. He says, God is spirit, and we that worship him, we got to worship him in spirit and in truth. Stay in the spiritual. Stop operating in the flesh. He says, somebody touched me, for I was aware that power had gone out of me. Virtue can leave your body and impact somebody else. That's Luke 8, 45 and 46. Luke 8, 45 and 46. I'm going to end with this last, uh, do you believe it? Prayer ignites our natural senses so that the light of his spirit is able to shine in, in on the motives of the power and principalities at work around us. That what? The prayer ignites our nature, our natural senses. So now you're heightened, you're aware, so that the light of the Spirit is able to shine in our in on the motives of the power and the principalities at work around us. So sometimes you will look at a person, and guess what? You will realize, I don't care who they are, that ain't right. You know what, you know what Jesus said? I think it was to Peter. He said, get thee behind me, Satan. Yeah, this was Peter. But he said, get behind me, Satan. Because I realized that the spirit that you're operating in right now, because I spend time with God, I recognize that you ain't being used by, by the Holy Spirit right now. But this was Peter. You ain't being used by the Holy Spirit right now. Peter, upon this rock, Petros, this Peter, the rock, this is what, uh-uh. Right now, you're not being used by the Holy Spirit. And you, when you spend time with God, I don't care who the person is, it can be your pastor, it can be the deacon, it can be the trustee, it can be the minister, it can be the director, you can recognize that, guess what, that person ain't operating in the spirit of God right now. Do you believe it? That spending time with God can heighten your awareness. It can heighten your awareness that when a child, which is a child of God, Peter was a child of God, is being used by the enemy at that moment. Do you believe it? Thank you for your time. I apologize for running over, but I was having a good time in the Lord. I'll talk to you, God willing, next week on the 27th.
Have a good evening. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.